say, I say, Africa must wake up, the sleeping sons of Jacob, for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? On our dynasty today, uh, we are talking about the great king, a leader of Africa. Um, it was previously known as the Gold Coast, uh, Ghana, uh, Badu Bonsu II, who um, did great exploits for the people of the Gold Coast, or now known as Ghana. And uh, we are talking to his descendant, and he's going to tell us a bit more about himself, and then we get into understanding this great king and the rebellion um, that he had against the Dutch, who had at that time, um, you know, under the Treaty of Bunture, had taken over Ghana and uh, made sure that he was assassinated um, in order for him not to stand in their way. Our guest today is the founder of Onyame Kese Krom and Mekra. Um, this is uh, the great Osofo Kojo Bensu. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Marching, marching. We say marching in Ghana, but definitely morning. Um, hope you're having a great time on air today. Machi, thank you. We are learning. Is this the language Twi? Yeah, this is Twi or the Akan. We all say the same thing. Oh, okay. Okay, Machi. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Osofo, please tell us about your your lineage uh, before we come to the great king um, and um, the great exploits that he did for the African continent, specifically in the Gold Coast. Thank you. Uh, and I want to say morning to your listeners. And being the person that I am, I would say a great morning to all the energies of South Africa, all the warrior gods, all the mommy energies, or you say water energies, and all the farming energies and the city energies, wherever they are, I greet them. I know they are listening. And I'm about to feed them coming Sunday, so they are excited. They will come to Ghana to come and feed. And I also want to say a, a good morning to all the kings and the rulers um, in the various communities and tribes in South Africa and um, say thank you for upholding our culture. I think South Africa is one of the places that our culture is really beautifully displayed. I don't know the depth of it, but from what I see on media, at least they claim, you claim your culture, you're proud of it, and uh, you guys are doing great. We just have to take it to the next level. And, um, yes, yeah, so we're talking about my great-great-great-grandfather, Otunfo um, Betrobonsu, who became one of the first people that actually stood against the West when they were invading our shores. So our descendants migrated from the Algerian regions, um, parts heading towards Egypt, ancient Egypt empire, and part also in the Algerian regions. Um, when they invaded our lands in ancient Egypt, uh, you study the history of most Africans. We all come from the same place anyway, because it was a metropolis back in the days. Um, we came directly from that is how do I say it? My great great grandfather's father's side. So in we everybody's coming from either your mother's side or 
your father's side. You are connected strongly either through your mother's lineage or your father's lineage. So my Gregory grandfather's fathers migrated down from the North African region or Northeastern African regions all the way through Avicos um, to Brong Ahafo region um, down to the central, then to the Western region. Um, on our way down here, um, they were warriors and they were farmers and they were fishermen as well. So the warring team stayed um, in certain parts of Ghana. The farmers stayed at certain parts of Ghana and uh, the fishermen stayed at the coastal plains of, of Ghana, then Gold Coast. Um, and, and believe me, it was the West that called us Gold Coast. We didn't, we didn't have any title called Gold Coast. So um, when they came down, it was, I mean, necessary for them to marry and keep the lineage going on. But they didn't want to mix their blood with any other tribes so that what they hold would be um, diluted. So they did the necessary rituals. And three mothers came out of the sea and became the wives of um, the kings back back then. So these our great 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 grandmothers came directly from the sea. Um, now we call the Buzia. Anybody that anybody can go on the internet and type Buzia Beach Resorts, at least give you a, an idea of the topography of the place. So. Um, once they invoke our Gregory grandmothers out of the sea, they married them. They married with the men, and they started producing, or they started giving birth to the descendants of both the water queens and the earth queens. So this is where my Gregory grandfather Otunfo Bedubonsu came from. So he is one of the first children of this great marriage between those on land and those in the sea. He naturally became the leader. Back then, you'd have to demonstrate a certain level of power to become the leader of the community. So the competition back then was who could ride the whale. So they leave the young ones at the ocean or at the shore, and they swim deep into the um, ocean uh, with no uh, life support or lifeguard or anything, or with no tanks, oxygen tanks or nothing. You have to swim deep into the ocean and try to ride the whale so my great-grandfather was amongst many youths that were going through that ride um, was the one that was able to ride that particular whale so hence he got the title Otumfo, which is the almighty when you read the bible and you come across almighty god that is the title that my great-grandfather had because of the power that he commanded so he was called Otunfo, meaning the all-powerful one. Bedru Bonsu, in my language, Bedru is, simply means the one that has been able to reach the whale and overpower the whale. So when you read the story in the Bible that talks about Jonah and the whale, um, swallow Jonah and all of that, these are our stories. These are who we are. These are our, our energies. So he now was able to ride the whale and moving forward, the whale became his vessel or weapon whenever the enemies came at our ancestors um, by the coast. This is how the West started uh, noticing who he was. Because every time they try to invade our coast with their ships, 
they will meet him all the way deep in the ocean. It will look like he's suspending in the on the sea, but he's actually sitting on a whale. And they didn't understand the dynamism of that because to them, in back then, there was no possible way a man would ride the whale as a man would ride a horse. So um, they became, they started getting afraid of him. And the British tried, the Portuguese tried, and they all fled. He conquered them, them all. So now the Dutch wanted to because they felt insulted. How can one black man destroy all these amazing so-called Western technology, then the making of the ships and all of that. Hmm. They tried several times, couldn't. Then the British warned the Dutch that with this one, if you go to his shores, he will destroy you. So the Dutch developed a strategy of infiltrating our people, which is always the case, and try to understand this great king, his strengths and weaknesses, like you read in the Bible, Samson and Delilah. So they finally got some sellouts amongst our people to cough out his weaknesses and the things and the days that he cannot actually go to war. Um, and on that, whether we say faithful or unfaithful day, um, they showed up on the shore at the day that he's not supposed to go to sea or go to war. And they did the rituals that would lower his vibration or that would tame his strength spiritually. And when that was done, they were able to capture him, now tried, and finally, when they laid fake accusations against him, they said, even when we kill him, we cannot leave his head on his body. Perhaps he will be able to resurrect and come back and destroy them. So they cut the head, sent it to the Netherlands to steady the intelligence that he was able to amass. Because this is somebody, not just power over the whale, power over water, power over bullets, power over whatever it is. You shoot him and never die. And to attest to that, um, some of our great-grandfathers during the Second World War, um, two, some of the soldiers that left the shores of Ghana, two of them were my great direct great-grandfathers. They went to Second World War, came back, they fought at the battlefront, came back, no bullet could penetrate through their even um, the the wall clothes, so that should tell you the descendants that we're coming from the power within that generation or that um, family. So my great great grandfather could stop anything. Anything that is made by man would not have power, but like every great warrior, there are certain little. Little, little things that you you are not supposed to um, use it on them or else they lose the strength of their vibrations. So this is how the Dutch, a summary of how the Dutch were able to conquer my um, great grandfather and take his head. His head was only returned to Ghana in 2015. And as we speak now, it is at a 37 military hospital. So that's a short summary of my great-grandfather and who he was. As a matter of fact, he's the reason why the title Otumfo was introduced to Ghana. And when you come to Ghana today, the Ashantihene, uh, the, the, uh, the, the king of the Ashanti kingdom, also bears the title Otumfo Bedubonsu. But the origination of where the title is coming from is from my lineage. 
Now, you know, the history that you're sharing with us about this great king, this great warrior, this mighty leader of Africa, Badu Bonsu uh, II, it, it, it amazes me that as an African, it has never come to me in a history book. As an African, it has never been introduced to me um, in my education. Um, and it scares me that we are so reluctant to learn more about the power that is instilled within us as Africans. Um, but rather, we are being taught about how we Africans um, were brought civilization uh, by the colonizers and the civilizations made life better. But these sort of, um, you know, historical events that remind us of our greatness are never told. Is the tide turning? Are we now becoming closer um, to understanding our real power, our real origins than what we were, let's say, maybe 20 years ago? Um, I will say that the reason why these stories are not put in our history books or educational books is not because we are lackadaisical but it's simply because effort is being made to ensure that we do not see these things in our books, in our syllables, in our educational structures. We should understand anybody that enslaved you cannot educate you. If the slave master is the one educating you, then you should, you should be rest assured that your education would be for his interest and not your interest. And hence, this is why we are not even speaking our language. I mean, we are speaking about our history and you're speaking one language and I'm speaking another language. And because they divided us, they divided us. They ensured that this division would ensure that we wouldn't even understand each other. This is why it's even difficult to move across the African continent freely. They tell you you have to get visas to be able to leave Ghana to Togo. And we have family members who are in Ghana and in Togo, and sometimes somebody's living room is what shares, uh, is, is what draws the boundary between two countries. So we will not find these things there because they are the ones that are still educating us. You know? Let, let, if they, yeah, go ahead. Uh, let me ask you a simple question. If you have an enemy, okay, and the reason why this person is your enemy is not because the person has done anything to you, but because the person is too powerful and too strong for you. But some way, somehow, you've been able to empower that person. If you are to educate such a one, would you give them everything they need? Most definitely not. Most exactly. definitely so not. The, system, the systems and the structures and the educational structures that we have out there it is not to educate us. It is rather to cause us to run away from who we are. To it's, 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 sorry, it's very sad, but it's more of an epigenetic situation going on where it's not just the education, but also religion. It's not just religion, but also the food. It's not just the food, but also the medicine. It's not just the medicine, but also the water we're drinking. So every single thing is structured in a way to program our minds to stare us away from who we ought to be, who we are, and why we're here. Sure. Now the ties are turning, not because 
of our educational system, but because there are some people behind the scenes that are constantly sacrificing, constantly engaging the energies, constantly speaking. I believe around 20, if I remember correctly, around 2016, 2017, I started praying across the four corners of the earth. And I started saying that every descent of African continent, I speak life, I speak wellness, I speak rejuvenation of your brain cells because that is where the programming is, right? And I started speaking over the continent. Okay, this is in my own small way. I know so many powerful high priests that are also doing the same thing. So these things that has been done behind the scene, even before I came into spirituality, right? These are the seeds that our fathers and people like myself and my brothers that are in the field have been doing for years. And no matter how long a seed takes, so long as it's a seed, it's going to germinate one day. And this is why we're seeing the ripple effects all over the continent now. Can we go back to the greatness of Badu Bonsu II? Mm. The man who conquered many. Um, I know uh, the, the, the first colonizers of the Gold Coast were um, the, the, the Portuguese and then uh, around nine, uh, the, the, around 1612 or so, then the 15th century there, uh, the, the, um, the Dutch came in. Um, he he was so great. You mentioned he he used the whale as his vehicle. He was so great that he he was able with his army to to bring down many of the colonizers' uh, troops. Where did this greatness come from? Who rides a whale? What manner of greatness is this? Let's talk about that. So, like, like I said, how the marriage even happened between our ancestors was not that which we have today in our societies. Back then, before a man would even mount a woman, and I lo- I'll use the word loosely, um, certain rituals have to be performed, certain inquiries, certain divinations have to be performed. And mind you, divination in our time, true religion, has been deemed a very diabolic thing, right? But watch this. When you even study the scriptures, before the Jews ever did anything, they needed a prophet to come and interpret the omens, to come and interpret what is happening before they take a decision, right or wrong. So when you read the story of Joseph, he says that, oh, my brothers have stolen my cup of divination. So, divination, inquiries, we call it Afa back home or Ifa in the Nigerian setup. It's what our fathers did to ensure that the union between a man and woman is not just a sexual pleasure, but it's a system, it's a technique, it's a science that we are applying to ensure that the descendants that are coming after us will be able to continue that which we have started. This is why our fathers, my great-grandfathers, decided that, you know what? We are masters of the land, but we need the masters of the ocean as well. We need the genes from the ocean. So let's do, let's get the prophet. The prophet came, the prophet looked into the matter, and the prophet said, the best way is to do this particular direction, to invoke the life force from the water rings. Once that was happened, or once that happened, the energies from the water and the energies from the earth came together. Watch something. 
whenever it rains on the earth what happens life everywhere right yeah so yeah the water coming together with um the earth brought so much life to all that happened the aftermath of the marriage between water and earth now that life force is what ran through my great 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 ancestor Otum for the II. Sure. The life force from nature, the life force from the creative force. So this is why you must mm -hmm. understand that spirituality is a natural thing. Go on, go ahead. So th th does it mean that we are now so far removed from nature as Africans that we are not even able to 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 connect with it? And utilize it because this is not the first time that I've heard of um, great leaders uh, utilizing nature, like you know the, the 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 whale. But I've heard of kings like Haile Selassie who used the lion. Uh, there was the leopard. It, does it mean we are so far removed that we cannot live in unison um, with with nature as Africans? And how do we restore ourselves back? Because, uh, uh, and th this is what I talk about the structures and the programmings and the systems that are set in place. Every single thing you are consuming is forming your physical body. Yeah. If that yeah. which you are consuming is causing death to your physical body, mm. then you cannot respond to life. Nature is alive, it's not dead. So the only how to stay connected to nature is when your system is alive. Now, all this dead food would only cause your system to stay dead. And so long as your system is dead, you can never connect to nature. We talk about the Miami water spirit or the Miami water energy, which in West Africa is deemed that don't try these people, don't go to the West Africans, they are demonic, they are this, they are that. It's kind of funny because these same people that demonizes unifying yourself with the water energies, right? Mo majority of them religious folks. They read their Bibles or their Korans or whatever it is because it's in the Quran too. And they say, oh, the only how the confirmation of Jesus being the son of God was going to happen was that he went into the water and did a baptism. Without him catching the water, going through the water, marrying the water energy, there was no way heaven without hoping up a dove fly down and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So even Jesus in the Bible had to do the water rituals, connect with nature. Hmm. When you study the Bible carefully, he says what? And he left and came down to Egypt because they were trying to keep came down to Egypt to learn. Just for anybody who doesn't know this, Egyptians were not Christians. We never even called it Egypt. So point of making is that because we have defiled ourselves for so long, but putting in chemicals and deadly stuff that are not alive, this is why we are so far disconnected from everything else that is alive. 
Let's talk about restoration after I read this message. Um, Ngabi Musase, who's in Maseru in Lesotho, says, This is so true, Nongkululego and our guest. I always tell people that our history is written by our enemies and it's a fallen history. Hence they say, I am crazy. Why? <laughs> Ngabi, I hear you. I hear you. I suppose we need to unlearn to relearn. And um, when we relearn, then we will become emancipated. Even Bob Marley says it, emancipate yourself from inter, inner slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. And that's what we do in our dynasty. Now, how do we restore ourselves back, uh, Osofo Kojo? Um, how do we take, and I know this is not going to be a, a, a simple answer, but what are the steps that we can embark on to start unlearning so we relearn and we reconnect with nature and who we are or were meant to be as Africans. So in, in the hieroglyphs where um, now they say that the hieroglyphs are written on the walls and they are trying to interpret it and it's not working because that's not the original hieroglyphs. In the, in the original hieroglyphs, we read the accounts and uh, my, 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 my half family side from the Everlines and the Togo and the Benin lines, they, we, we call it the Edinkra. Oh, uh, what, how do you call it? Adikla. Uh-huh. So I have my brothers with me. So we, we, we in the, I can't say Edinkra, the, the people from Benin, Togo, Ghana, the Everlines say Adikla. These are the original hieroglyphs. There's something in there that says Sankofa. Sankofa, which so you see, um, what, what's the bed? The, the bed, the Sankofa bed, this one, yeah. So there's a bed in there that has the head turned all the way to the back to pick an egg from the back, right? What is that telling us? It's telling us to go back to our roots. So we are like a tree planted by the riverside, right? But in our case, this tree is telling its roots don't connect to the water. I am tired. Don't have anything to do with the water. Mm. So what is going to happen to this beautiful tree that is planted by the riverside is going to die because it has advised itself not to have anything to do with the life source, with the only thing that can sustain and bring continuous life to itself. The only how we can get restoration as a people is we go back to our roots. They trained us and programmed us to run away from our villages whilst they went into our villages to loot everything in our villages. So all of us are in the cities, abandon our villages, and they are so busy going to our villages. This is why every time the Western world lands on African soil, they don't spend time in the cities. They are busy in our villages. Why? Because the lands are empty. We are busy in the cities struggling. They are busy in the villages taking all our wealth. Let's go back. Let's go back to our roots. Let's go back to who we are. Let's go back to the science and technology of our time. We have something we call the AFA system or the IFA system, which is a higher science way beyond quantum fixes. 
They want to say quantum physics is the highest science, but we always had the science which is way beyond quantum physics, which will literally tell you everything about you, who you are, where you came from, why you're here, what you're here to do, and what you should do, which will tell you what to eat, what not to eat, which will tell you who to marry, who not to marry, which will tell you what kind of business to do, what business not to do, which will tell you whether you're a farmer, architect, economic scientist, mathematician. It will tell you every secret. Then we have the process we call the Jiyeye, which simply means the rebirth experience that will take you into the ancestral world or the realm of the gods that will direct you and make you remember your own personal Akashic records. These systems are there. They are not dead. They are with us. So in Africa, we've got our own science, our technology, our own history that we need to go back to. I'm going to ask you humbly that this must not be the first and last of our interactions. There's so much knowledge we'd love to glean from you, um, Osofo Kojo, and I'm hoping that we'll have you again so we can explore more about who we are as Africans and some of these technologies. Definitely, definitely. And I'm for, all, I'm for, always going to are you on social media for our A-teamers uh, to be able to follow you and, and get more uh, knowledge? Yes, please. We are on all social media platforms as Mekra. The Mekra is M-E-K-R-A. So it's either you type Mekra, Mekra, or just Mekra on all social media platforms and you would get to us. M-E-K-R-A is the name. Thank you so very much for joining us. Strength to Africa as we continue to rise. Amen. 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 Amen.